the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church that you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you, and welcome back to the Church of the Week program right here on AM 630, The Word. I'm so happy that you're with us today listening uh, to our pastors. We need pastors. We need more pastors. And I tell you, we have a lot of pastors. Every city, most cities in America are full of churches. And uh, we thank God for those places of worship, places that we can go and find refuge, be encouraged, uh, just hear a word of God. And today I have a, I have a pastor, a special pastor with us is Pastor Pete, uh, as I call him. And, uh, he's with us. He's, he's not, he's from a little bit further out of town, but he's right down the road. And Pastor Pete, thank you so much for being with us today. It's good to be with you, Marcus. Thanks so much for inviting me to uh, be a part of the KSLR family, and I look forward to visiting with your audience a little bit today. Yes, and so I want to introduce you uh, to our audience, and so you're pastor of Cowboy Fellowship. Cowboy Fellowship, that's correct. Uh, that is that is an awesome name. I, 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 there are a lot of cowboy churches. I've, I've seen many in, in my time here. I haven't been to one. I'm going to have to get to one. You're welcome anytime. Yeah, I need, I need to go i need to go to fellowship over there with you guys uh so but tell us before we get start talking about the church and where you're at and how we we can connect with you tell us about yourself uh are you a texan are you born and bred here what's what's your story what's your upbringing well i thought everybody was from texas (laughs) yes one way or another (laughs) i'm from texas you know interesting enough uh i grew up in pleasanton right right where i pastor today um the lord uh, has a good sense of humor i like to say so when i was growing up pleasanton was the pleasanton jordan and poteet you know that was the last place i ever wanted to go i couldn't wait to get out of there grew up on a ranch uh working cattle raising hogs doing all sorts of ranch stuff we i I mean, we had a big ranch growing up, and uh, my, my dad and uncle still do, and we would uh, work all the time. And so I just had made up my mind when I turned 18, I was getting out of there, and I was never coming back. And, uh, well, when I was in college, the Lord called me to ministry and then called me back to Pleasanton, the place wow. I didn't want to be, and uh, called me to help plant a church there. And 20 years later, I'm still there, and now I kind of hope he leaves me there. I really yeah. I really like it. So. Uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, interesting how that came all full circle uh, for me. That's that's beautiful because you know the struggles. I think is in the book of Hebrews that talks about a priest that he knows yeah. our struggle, and so it, it, there's a place for all kind of pastors. Sure, right. But when you know the struggle or you know what life is in that part of the world, 
you it's much easier to relate your sermons i think will come with more weight to it because this guy is not a city slicker yeah. just trying to tell us something well i think that that's true but uh, jesus also said you know a prophet <laughs> you know has no honor in his own town and i think there's some 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 wisdom in that as yeah. well because uh some of the people that go to my church change my diapers you know they watch me grow up they <laughs> they uh they were there through my struggles in my teenage years and and uh, i think that can be a little bit of a barrier yeah particularly with people I went to school with or or people who knew me when I was an adolescent. I wasn't a bad kid, but we're all a little bad at that age yeah, in our life, yeah. right? And so uh, some people, you know, I don't know, 20 years later, maybe not so much. But in the early days, when I was uh, not that far removed from those years, I think that was a little bit of a barrier with, with some people. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. You know, my brothers all live down in the area. My mom and dad are still living and, and down in the area. And they all worship at our church. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a special thing to, to get to, to minister to people that, that uh, you grew up up with and just get to do life with people for, yeah. for, you know, not just 20 years as a minister, but a lot of people I've known 30, 40, 40 years, you know, and that's, that's pretty incredible. You have to, you have to give yourself the ability to grow, to be flexible with yourself, but so do they. Right. Because they, last time, going back to this example, last time they saw you, you were the kid. Right. You know, you were the little one we're telling you behave and now here you come as an authority figure preaching on Sunday you know and so they have to give you authority so there's something I think there's there's a there's a important message there right that I need I need to I need to I need to allow myself to be redefined Mm. I was a kid I was a teenager I'm not a teenager anymore yeah you know now I'm I'm called to this place right it's not that we're going to go around you know telling people you better respect my title but, you know, let me grow. Yeah. Yeah, I think some people will always see me, you know, as that kid. They read about in the newspaper or whatever. But I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Most people, mm-hmm. even 20 years ago, you know, we started the church when I was 22. Um, so I was young. And, I mean, I literally I went to college up the road in San Marcos at um, what's now Texas State. It was Southwest Texas then. Went to college there. Came back started the church. So I hadn't been gone that many years, right. but a big change happened in me in those four years. I was a Christian when I left, but uh, I wasn't called to ministry. And so I think in those early days, it was a little bit more of a struggle, but I'll say by and far, people are very gracious people. You yeah. know, people, people tend to to want to give you the second chance and want to, want to look at you in a different way. And, um, you know, after being there for 20 years, I, I think that we've gotten past most of that, but some of that's just been a, a growth thing on on my part and I've given people plenty of reason to doubt me I'm not a perfect pastor I'm not a perfect person I've made bad decisions uh, so so you know their doubts and suspicions and frustrations are, are not unwarranted in, in some cases but I would say by and large people have been super gracious with me and my family and and just my growth as a minister as a pastor I started when I was 22 I look back, I listen to those early sermons, and I'm like, gosh, why did anybody come back the next week? You know, like it's, uh, it, it's cool to see how the Lord has, yeah. has done his work through the years. And you have continued to grow. Yeah. Uh, and isn't that what we should do? We should, yeah. we should not quit on ourselves right. and investing and, and expanding reading, you know, and just because even you have, you've, not, I don't mean like that, like even you, but you've, you're from your growth uh, just leaving 
what some may say is small town USA coming back. You're writing books. Yeah. You're you you have a a great sized church. The church has grown. Oh yeah. And it wasn't somebody that passed it along to you. Right. You founded that church, and and this is something that you've, you know, your work ethic and your reliance on on God and and by His grace, all sure. this combination of things have happened, where God has has really you've been you have made that part your town proud. Yeah. I think I think people could turn around and say, you know what? I love Pastor Pete. We knew him when, but man, we're sure <laughs> proud of who he is today. Well, I hope so. I, I hope I've made him proud. More than that, I hope I make, I've made the Lord proud. Right. I know some people aren't proud of me because I've, as any pastor or leader will have to do over the years, we've had to make decisions, yeah. and not everybody agrees with your decisions along the way. But uh, I, I think the Lord's proud, and uh, I think He's proud of the work that's happened at Cowboy Fellowship. And you know, it, it has been a journey. I, I don't want to make it sound like I started the church all by myself. I certainly didn't. It wasn't my vision. I was invited into it. So this is a funny story. Okay, we haven't yeah. talked about it. So I, I was just at college and I was getting ready to go to seminary and I had been preaching at filling pulpits and stuff, knew I was going into ministry, but I thought I was going to go to seminary, get my master's of divinity like everybody else, started a little church and then, you know, start working my way up the ladder, so yeah. to speak. Just kind of thought that's what would happen. Well, I get a phone call from this guy who's in Pleasanton, and uh, he says, hey, we're starting a cowboy church. And I said, yeah, I kind of heard about it. And he said, but we can't find anybody to be our pastor. He said, we've called two other guys. The problem is we don't have any money. We don't have a place to meet. We don't have anything. None of us have ever started a church before. It was 12 families. And uh, he said, we really have no idea what we're doing. So would you help us for the summer? I was kind of the interim planter, if there can be such a thing. We had no clue what we were doing. And so we launched, and um, they came to me on July, July 4th. We launched at the beginning of May, first first, uh, Sunday in May. They came to me about halfway through the summer, July 4th weekend and uh, we were running almost 300 people wow. you know and we had baptized i don't know the exact numbers but i'm going to say over 50 people in you know 2 months basically yeah. And uh, they were like, hey, this is working pretty good. Would you consider staying? And then they called me to be their pastor. And I always joke with people. And I said, you know, they they called me to come for the summer and I just never left. I I just (laughs) stayed there for 20 years. But, uh, yeah, God had just planned all that. He had really primed the pump in that community. We had a great group of core leaders in those early days. They had never planted a church. Some of them that were very green in their faith. Some of them were seasoned saints. They had been deacons at other churches and, and, and were pretty solid. But uh, they all had an incredible work ethic. They all bought into the, the mission of the gospel to, to reach people. We said from the very beginning, we we don't want to be a, a church that that's just for cowboys. Like we want to be a church that's for the gospel. Yeah. And we're going to target cowboys and and we're going to, you know, we're going to be a cowboy church, but but we're a church first and we're cowboys second, not the other way around. Right. And so um man, I'm just so fortunate to have always had leaders that got behind the vision of the gospel, not my vision, but Jesus's vision, the kingdom vision. And uh, the Lord has just blown it up from there. And and we have grown through the years. And, and I've been fortunate that, that the Lord has allowed me to continue to take those steps, you know, not only seeing the church grow numerically, 
Um, but giving me opportunities to lead and be on uh, boards of directors for national organizations and then, you know, writing books and, and uh, getting on the radio and, and, you know, having a radio ministry here soon. Like, it just seems like the Lord just continues to allow us to expand and grow. Um, I grew up on a ranch, so I've always had an incredible work ethic and, and just... I like to work hard. I've always had to work hard. School didn't come easy for me. Um, I, I really struggled in school. And, and I mean, I had an English teacher uh, tell me that, that I should go into the military because all I would ever be good for would be catching bullets. I mean, those were her literal words. Wow. It was it was pretty bad in front of the whole class. Because, you know, she called me dumb as a part of that conversation, too, because I really struggled with school. So um, I invited her to uh, my graduate graduation when I got my master's. I invited her when I got my doctorate, and I sent her a copy of every book I've written, too. So we're good friends now. She was frustrated with me. I, yeah. I was, you know, I was I was a teenager, too. Uh, I don't want to make her seem like in a real bad light, but, right. but I really struggled. So I had to work hard. Yeah. Nothing ever really came easy uh, for me, and, and I think that was kind of part of God's plan to get me ready for ministry, because ministry's hard. And and you've got to work. I mean, it, you can't just phone it in any day. Mm-hmm. You've got to really be present, be engaged, and 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 be a part of it. So, uh, I've I've approached every day for ever since the Lord called me. Just Lord, I want to please you. I want to honor you. I want to glorify you. I want to expand your kingdom. And uh, He's allowed us to do that. So it's it's been it's been incredible. You have experience. Uh well, let me ask you this: uh, Would you call yourself ranchers? Are you, when you say cowboys, is, is it farmers? Uh, how would you, what would you be? How would you qualify yourself? So, I used to be pretty cowboy. I mean, I grew up on a ranch, uh-huh. thousands of acres. We had lots of cows. We had lots of pigs. We had a, we had a huge swine operation, one of the biggest in Texas at one time in the eighties wow. and early nineties. Um, we grew up farming thousands of acres, driving big big tractors and cutting hay and baling hay in the summer. I mean, I grew up on a ranch, riding, roping, you know, doing the whole nine yards. But I don't own any cows now. I mean, ministry is a full-time job. Yeah. That's been my full-time thing for, for 20 years. I can still ride a horse. I could probably throw a loop on something if you give me enough chances. Yeah. I could probably catch something <laughs> uh, still because you don't forget you know, yeah. some of that would come back to me a little bit, um, but I'm certainly not going to set any world records or do it do it the prettiest. Well, um, the reason why I say that is because of the parable of the talents mm-hmm. in the Bible is what is as I'm listening to is what comes to my mind, and 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 the Lord gives us things, mm-hmm. talents, abilities, and at the end of the day, we all want to hear, you know, good and faithful servant. Right. Uh, but the reward is not a vacation. Mm. Right? If we right. if we follow that parable and a lot of times we just like to quit when <laughs> right. when it's doubled, you know, right. just give me more and let me on my way. Right. But the parable continues and he says, If you, you are faithful in the few, I'm gonna give you more and what the more is is responsibility. More, yeah, more to do. Exactly, yeah. more to do. And so uh, I, 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 I know I grew up in church that mm-hmm. we don't we don't like the re- we don't even mention it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you did this now, do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think the work ethic mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of the cowboy yeah. uh, really helps with that. Yeah. You know? so, so my dad wasn't a believer growing up. I didn't grow up in, a, in a, what I would call a Christian home. My, my, my mom, her dad was a Baptist preacher. And so, you know, I, I didn't grow up outside of Christianity either. But um, and I always tell people this. It's a cool part of my story because I didn't grow up with like a Christian father, you know, mm-hmm. who was leading our family and right. reading the Bible to us and praying at the table. But my dad taught me so much, you know, and I think God put me in that family on purpose because he knew down the road he was going to want me to lead this church and this movement and really be a part of the cowboy movement, planting churches all across the state of Texas and and across the nation even. Um, But you have to be able to relate to that culture. And I would have never been able to relate to that culture had I been born to a businessman in San Antonio or Houston. And so um, I learned how to work. I learned how to be honest. I learned how to read people. You know, there's a lot when you're working cattle or, or horses or any kind of animal, you learn how to read them. You can tell when they point their ears a certain way. Hey, you better climb a fence, you know, or <laughs> if their eyes start looking at you this certain way, you get the feeling like, hey, I better get out of this pen or I better get ready and watch that one. People are no different. I mean, yeah. people give you clues and signals. And so you learn how to read people and relate to people. And all of those things kind of just, not kind of, I mean, they they came together kind of, you know, for God to just do this perfect thing in this perfect context. When God called me to ministry, I'd rode my horse, her name was Sugar, out to the back of our place. And I'd been wrestling with this call for about a year. And um, I was sitting underneath this oak tree, and she was just grazing, eating grass over a couple yards from me. And and I heard the Lord, you know, clearly call me, like as clear as I'm talking to you. Yeah. He told me I was supposed to be in ministry. I mean, to the point I looked around like somebody's playing a joke on me. Somebody else is out here. And and I remember this conversation. I said, Lord, I don't wear suit and ties. I don't own one. I don't want to wear one. I don't wear penny loafers. Like, I, I don't want to wear them. I'm a boots and cowboy hat kind of guy. And and I remember the Lord just saying, you got to trust me. Because then I had never heard of Cowboy Church. There was no context for it. Right. I'd never seen it or heard of it. My idea of a pastor was suit, tie, you know, penny loafers. Yeah, That's just what it was. That's what my grandfather was, Baptist preacher. And, um, you know, then I went off to college. And just a few years later, this cowboy movement started in, in Texas where all these cowboy churches started springing up. And then I get invited to be a part of one. And I'm like... Well, this is what it was all about. Exactly. You know, he has it planned. He he knows. It, it, it's just us getting on board with what he's doing that, that makes makes the big difference. So, um, yeah, I look back on all that. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I was so confused when he was calling me to ministry because I was like, there's got to be so many people out there that would be better than right. me. Why are you calling me? And, um, yeah, no, now I know. So it just took a while. Why don't – in our in our listenership, I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. is struggling in that same way. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not under the oak tree. Maybe sugar is not grazing. Right. But they're struggling or they're 
you know, they're having that struggle in their spirit. I feel like God is calling me. Yeah. What would you tell them today? Well, I'd tell them to go to my website, pastorpete.org, and send me an email because I'd love to connect with them. I'd love to talk to them. I'd love to hear their story. And then I'd love to encourage them um, with my own story. And yeah. we could talk about this in more detail than we have time for here on the program. But I'd just like to be a resource. We need more ministers. And I believe God is calling people into the ministry, but a lot of people are wrestling with it. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't think I could do that. Or, you know, I don't think I could do this aspect of it, but you don't know what God has for you a year down the road or two years down the road. Um, you know, a lot of people struggle with leaving a secular job where they've got retirement and a pension coming their way in a few years. And I get it. Those are all concerns, but I think you need to talk either to your pastor or if, if you don't have somebody you feel comfortable talking with, contact somebody like me or, or another pastor and, and just, you know, visit about it. Ultimately, that's what got me to say yes. I mean, God called me. I mm-hmm. know he called me, but I didn't say yes. I was still wrestling. But ultimately, it was uh, through the encouragement of other pastors and me kind of fleshing that call out. And and them just reminding me again, you can trust God. You can trust God. You can trust God. And finally, I just said, you know, I can trust him. If if I can trust him with my eternity, if I can trust him with my salvation, then I can also trust him with this call, whatever that means. You know, I, I, I wanted to be a pilot. I got my pilot's license, started flying just about the time I got my driver's license. I mean, really? I started flying when I was 16 and uh, still fly today. But that was my biggest struggle because I wanted to fly. And, and a lot of people told me, they said, well, you could be a missionary aviation pilot, you know, and fly missionaries around and stuff. And I thought, man, maybe that's kind of what God's going to do. And nothing like that. <laughs> but it's so cool because God has still allowed me to use aviation uh-huh. and to fly. Um, even, even as part of my story, the thing I thought I was going to have to give up, and I did have to give up for a season, God brought back around a whole other cool story um, in just this really miraculous way and just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you hold on to that, but I'm going to use it as well for my glory and to expand my kingdom. So I guess the bottom line is you can trust God. That's yeah. what I would tell them. You can trust God. If he's calling you, you can trust him. You know, Pastor, that's probably one of the – I ask that question a lot. I find a way in my interviews to uh-huh. try to ask a question like that. I think that has been one of the best answers, not be, not only because of, you know, what you're saying and trusting God, but making yourself available. Yeah. You are an expert in this matter. Yeah. You know, you took the plunge. You walked into this. Yeah. You you took the step. And so, you know, you're listening and you're struggling with that. I would I would take Pastor Pete up on, on that offer and, and find him and uh invite him for coffee. That's right. Have, <laughs> you drink have some co- lunch. Pastors drink coffee. <laughs> they do. I don't, but I'll drink something I'll drink something else while you drink coffee. Uh, that's a whole nother Bill long story. IT or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now let's let's talk about, about the church, about cowboy fellowship. Sure. Um, so, so you that you got invited to it, and it kind of just that summer never ended. Yeah, it just blew up and kept going. Um, you know, fast forward twenty years now. You know, we don't run quite a thousand, but we say we're about a thousand. Yeah. We'll, we'll be over a thousand, under a thousand. You know, we'll be eight fifty in the summer, stuff like that. But uh, big church, big ministry. We've started twenty seven churches now across North America. We started multiples of that. Um, um, around the world and in other countries, 
Uh, we've sent missionaries out from our church. Uh, we send a lot of short-term teams out. Yeah, it's it's been a ride. We've, we've baptized over a thousand people in twenty years. Wow. Uh, it really has kind of been the summer that never ended. Um, you know, it's not quite as as vibrant in the way of salvations and baptisms as the early days. I mean, there were Sundays we had twenty baptisms wow. in those early days, but we still baptize a lot of people every month, you know, and uh, it, it's been really cool to see God God do that and see the church expand and, and his kingdom expand. Where where are you guys at? How do we communicate with you? Yeah, uh, the best way, you know, in the modern day is 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 websites. Cowboyfellowship.org is our, our church website. Maps and directions are all on there. But we're between Pleasanton and Jurdenton on FM 3350. If you're coming out of San Antonio and you take you can take 37 or 16. Uh, Highway 16 is probably the easiest. You go through Poteet and then before you get to Jurdenton, you turn left on 3350. And you can't miss us. Two great big buildings right on your left uh, just as you top the hill. So uh, it's it's pretty easy to find. What time is service? 8.30 and 10.45 on Sunday mornings. We're also live on Facebook and YouTube um, every every week. So if you want to check it out online before you make the trip or if you're homebound or in a nursing home or something and can't make it, we'd love for you to join us online. Uh, Facebook and YouTube are pretty reliable. We're out in the country, and so we have a wireless Internet provider. And if there's a bad rainstorm or some other technical glitch, there there are a couple of Sundays a year. We Our feed's not up but it's it's normally there what is what is a service like describe to me what it's like to be there you know it's not any different from from most other evangelical protestant services you know we start with announcements uh just like every other church what's coming up what's happening what do you need to know we do some worship um we we have a blended worship we'll do uh some hymns and and um more modern contemporary worship we we tend to have a fiddle and a drummer and and acoustic guitars and and stuff like that. It's got kind of a country feel to it, but there's songs you'd hear on the radio, the modern yeah. stuff, and they're hymns right out of the old hymn books. So um, it's you know a little different kind of worship, but 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 I think people enjoy it. And uh, then we go into a message. I, I preach um, you know from God's word, and I tend to preach in series. I, I wouldn't say I'm not an expository. Like right now, I'm going through the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not necessarily going verse by verse by verse, but right. we're working our way through Proverbs, um, kind of taking this theme uh, that that we're we're using for that. So uh, you're going to hear a good biblically solid message and then we're going to close with some some uh, prayer time and uh, a closing song and we head out pastor pete of cowboy fellowship and pastor pete thank you so much for being with us today thank you san antonio god bless you go to church on sunday god bless thank you for joining us today as we featured our am 630 the word church of the week we hope that during this past half hour you got a chance to better know the pastor and learn something about their church We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.